feet are your allies on this journey called life. Treat them right, pamper them, and give them some Anatag love. Today's episode of Inside the Wires is brought to you by Xenon Paddle. All Xenon Paddles have been designed and engineered by a paddle player right here in the USA. Take your game to the next level. Play with Xenon. For more information, visit xenonpaddle.com. All right, welcome back to Inside the Wires. Uh, We're excited to have on the men's national champs, the guys who rolled through the Grand Prix this year all the way up through and including the national championship, Stephen Mitchell and Johan Durant, uh, winning again for Stephen's third time and Johan's sixth time as national champion. Uh, We have a great show with them. It's a touch on a lot of fun topics and uh, get to learn a little bit more about them. So uh, here we go. All right. On the show today, we have Stephen Mitchell and the lion, Johan Duran. How are you guys? Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks well, for having us. How are you guys? Good. What's going on? Let's, uh, let's dig right into it. Let's, uh, let's talk nationals. Congratulations. Well done. Thank you. Thank How, you. Uh, you guys are getting better. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it must right? Because the talent pool is getting better. They must the be. The talent pool's better, and you guys are still winning. Like, uh, they've been playing for a while. They should be getting better. But yeah. let's be honest. Like, how how old are you guys now? It's a little Very old. 40 Very and 45. Old. Very old. Okay. So generally in sports, 40 and 45, you're not on the upswing, right? But you guys. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one, and I'm not going to take many. Steve can take them because he's drinking <laughs> fancy wine, and I'm drinking sloppy beer. But... Um, <laughs> But um, anyway, uh, actually, it's a good beer. But you know, you know. What? Good but beer. Um, but anyway, um, I said uh, two or three years ago we were playing, or when we when we won nationals in what's the place there, Connecticut, um, Darien. When we won nationals there, I said to the guys here. I probably didn't say it. You know, I wasn't on on social media or something. But I said it to the guys at my club. I said, I don't think. I'm going to get much better. I'm probably going to deteriorate over the next couple of years. But I know one thing, Stephen's going to get a lot better. So I would rephrase that and say, I'm staying the same, maybe getting worse. But Stephen uh, is still probably going to get better, um, you know, if he doesn't uh, hurt himself in the process. But uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, it's definitely going to get better. So, uh, so it depends how quickly I deteriorate and how quickly he improves. It's pretty much, uh, and he's obviously improved quicker than I've deteriorated so far, but that could change at any point. <laughs> sure. Well, and, and uh, I mean, I think it was kind of well-documented uh, during the Nationals, but uh, Stephen, you were not not at 100% going in and, uh, you know, had some challenges and, and pushed through it. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think now that, uh, now that it's over. Yeah, I mean, I just I had uh, it was actually a, a league a league match on the Monday night, uh, hitting an underhand serve, um, and that was it. And literally, I, I felt something tweak in my groin and uh, didn't feel good. So I kind of played for a little while longer, and it just got worse and worse. So eventually, just stopped, um, and then didn't do anything until Friday when we, you know, played started playing at nationals. Did a bunch of treatment leading up to that. Um, it got a little bit better, and then. We managed to kind of work our way through the first few matches and then kind of knew that by the time the quarters came around, it was going to be really hard. Um, and then the quarters was 
probably for me physically the toughest one because I think Martin was, if you know, I kind of had two instances, one in the quarters, one in the semis where something kind of hurt more, it got worse and then kind of goes away a little bit and then adrenaline kicks in and a lot of pain drugs and all that stuff. So, um, but Martin was, was doing a pretty good job of, he realized it and then was hitting a bunch of those hard overheads to the back screen or at me, hit me a bunch of times because I couldn't get out the way. Um, and then the start of the second set, I was kind of in a bad way. A little bit of crowd uh, uh, juice helped us a little bit and got my partner a little extra fired up, which was fantastic. I almost turned and thanked the person for doing it, but it was still early, so I wasn't going to say anything yet. Uh, and then we managed to, I mean, well, he managed to play 99.9% .9 of the court and hit a bunch of people quickly, and it was pretty surreal. That was actually the most entertaining or entertaining thing I've seen on a paddle court is how fast he played from everywhere. Yeah. Um, because basically we had no choice. If he didn't take a shot at whatever he could touch, we were going to be in shit. So um, that was pretty cool to see. Do, do, do you ever say stuff just to piss him off during the match, just to get him all, all riled up? No, that wouldn't work. That's not, that's not the same. <laughs> I was going to ask. What... He, can't, he, can't, he can't make me mad. That's the problem. Nah, it's not the same. Someone else is going to make me mad. Yeah, I need outside, outside stimulus. It was, this was what was perfect. the guy saying? Uh, it wasn't a guy, but it's okay. We weren't, yeah. They, you know, they just they they cheered at the at the wrong time when the point was still live. It was pretty, you know, pretty poor etiquette, but whatever. Um, it was great. It got my it got it got it got him to where we needed to be. So it was pretty nice. cool. I was in my head, no joke. That's one thing I do is I do think about these things, and as soon as it happened, I was so close to turning and saying thank you, but I kind of smiled and just turned away because <laughs> I was like, now I know what's going to happen in the next twenty minutes. So, <laughs> so so that's a good question, you know. Um, when you're playing, I mean, obviously you guys are focused in, but it's interesting you talking about hearing what's going on out there. How much of how much of that do you tune out and, and just literally not even hear? Or is it just kind of depend if there's a little break in the point, maybe you hear some of that stuff. Kind of what do you what do you hear and not hear, I guess? Johan, you go for it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think uh yeah, I think generally when you play it doesn't bother you. You know, I don't think it, it bothers you, but I feel like there's probably a certain level and depends if you know people or not know people. You know, there's lots of, lots of factors that come in. You know, if I go to Jersey and I play there and it's all a Jersey pro crowd, that's kind of fun for me, you know, because I know they don't hate me. I just know they're supporting their, 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 their person, you know, and, sure. and, and same probably in the crowd. But to some extent, most crowds are, are knowledgeable, you know, and if a crowd is not knowledgeable, it's okay too because they're not all great paddle players. But if it's someone that, that's more knowledgeable and it becomes obnoxious, then it's a little bit... Yeah, it just seems a little odd, you know, but, um, but, but, but that's, yeah, I don't think it really generally bothers me, but I think at that point I probably needed something in some way because I also didn't know. And, you know, I wasn't sure it's like the uncertainty of, of Steve's injury. You know, I know he's, you know, I don't want to ask him every five seconds in the room, how do you feel? You know, what's going on? You know, because I, it's, it's weird, you know, but uh, I know he's obviously, yeah, but I know he's obviously injured. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know how hard he's going to play a soft. So it's for me, a, a hard, not only that match, all the other matches, but at that point, the good news was I knew that, you know, I had to play. So I knew I had the green light. It's like, you know, it sounds bad, but it's like I could play it like a league match in some ways, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so, but that's the only option we had at that point, right? But then I feel in the semis and the finals, he moved a lot better again. So now I'm like, not sure, should I play? Should I not play? You know, and, and I can't really... You know, I can't, I can't play against everybody and just, it's not going to work consistently, you know, maybe for a short period of time. And I also think um, the funny part about that match was, 
Steven normally sees everything, right? So when we're playing, I'm mostly overheads. He says, well, that guy's moving that, that shot, you know, don't, don't hit there, do this, whatever, you know, he gives me one tip and I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. Well done, you know, and then, um, and I'm hitting a ball and Philippe obviously was also a little bit, uh, he, he cramped or something and he's holding his knee and I'm like hitting a ball to him and he looked funny and I said, uh, do you see uh, Philippe's also injured or something's wrong with him? He's like, huh? I said, dude, Stop focusing yourself, man. You, you always see everything. What the hell's going on over here? He's holding it's, his knees, crying over. At the all. guy's half dead, you know? So I said, didn't see it. pound the ball at him, although I really love Philippe. Philippe is such a star. You know, I feel I felt so bad afterwards. But on the other hand, at that point, I can't be I can't be nice. And he, he obviously gets it. But he's a, he's a, he's a legendary, a great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy, isn't he? So, Stephen, uh, how, yeah. like, how injured were you? Were you ever close to not playing the tournament or pulling out? Uh, yeah, it was kind of, I mean, again, I, I, I mean, with that point, we didn't really have a choice. I was going to go and try and figure it out. It ends up being like I have two grade two tears in my groin, which I don't really know what that means, but they hurt a fair amount. The the week after, I mean, I haven't been back on court. The week after nationals, I didn't really, I mean, I could hardly walk up the stairs. Um, so, you know, that was, but again, I was off all medication um, and everything. So, which is good. Um, but now it's much better in terms of being able to walk normally and stuff like that. But I haven't been back on court. So, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's not a bad time of the season to be to yeah, take yeah. some time off. So, you know, it's, hey, it's all good. Hey, hey, can I we wonder get if a... they do drug drug testing. <laughs> drug testing is maybe I can take a, a medal away that's in my fruit bowl down here. There you go. <laughs> it's all, it was all legal pain meds. All right. legal pain meds. Hey, hey, can we give a give a shout out to Scott Davis? He might be uh, in Edison. Mm. He might be the official massage therapist of uh, the APTA. Yeah, Did you go so to Scott? Yeah, I, I, I went and I, saw him. I yeah. sent four people to him. He saw four people on Friday night. He saw that. That's my guy. He's awesome, isn't he? He's your guy, Jirani's guy. Awesome. That's how I found him. Uh, so Stephen, Macy, uh, Lynn. Lynn? Lynn and Georgie uh, Alexander all all went to see Scott on uh, Friday afternoon or evening. So he was. But is he like uh, a is he like a groin massage specialist? I mean, just <laughs> he that guy only for me, only for me. <laughs> just Stephen. I get, that guy's amazing, isn't he? Yeah. No, he was he was absolutely awesome. He was yeah. uh, seriously. He it, it helped a ton. And again, just uh, all the compensating when you're trying to. Sure. You're trying to take you know, like all the power off of one leg, like my hips were hurting, all that kind of stuff. So he he helped a ton with all that. I saw him twice leading yeah. up to it, and uh, it helped a ton. Yeah, he he's amazing. I went in for like a, a shoulder elbow issue, and all of a sudden it got like he was putting pressure and doing all this stuff, and my fingers got really cold. And I was like, "What the heck?" And he's like, "That's the blood flowing back in." And wow. that he just. He was working on my back one time and he got all the way down to my ankle and I said nothing. And he goes, when did you break your ankle? I was like, like 25 years ago. He goes, it hasn't quite healed properly. And that guy's, oh, yeah. yeah, he's, he's yeah, unbelievable. Crazy, guys, yeah. no, he, was, yeah. he was really, really good. I, he helped me a ton. I actually sent him a message afterwards. He was, he was super nice. And it was, uh, I mean, that, that helped me a ton. And thanks, no, for putting me in touch yeah, with him. My, so yeah, yeah. My, my pleasure. I, I, I think yeah, I said, I think I said long time ago, I don't know what was it, 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 I mean, I haven't been on this thing for ages, but uh, I think I said long time ago to the guys that they shouldn't do the underhand serve. This is just more proof. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, you had to join. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's hey, right. Johan, can we, uh, as we're we're talking about the underhand serve, uh, can we can we discuss Randy Lofgren <laughs> for a couple of minutes? I think you know where oh, I'm going yeah, with sure. this. Okay, yeah, no uh, well, we I played Randy at Louisville, and it was warm out, and he starts hitting that yeah. stupid high cut serve, <laughs> and. The first one, I was like, I'll let it bounce. I'll reach over and I'll put it. But it was warm out, so it shut away from me. Next one, I short hop it, and it bounced and hit my paddle. And then I'm standing at the net, and Ben McKnight drills me with the next shot because I've got nowhere to go. I'm like, stupid. Third one comes. I was like, I'm going to just take this thing out of the air and hit it like five quarts down. (laughs) And he ended up missing the serve. And... Uh, the neck we were staying at the same house we were staying at uh edwin lewis's house and in the morning i saw that's (laughs) no i saw i saw randy and i'm like that fucking serve i think it's stupid i go it's amazing but it's stupid he goes hey i made i made johan look as silly as uh, as you did hitting it so don't be offended (laughs) it's um yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky, but I think if you, you just gotta see it the first couple of times. We obviously we did it back in Boston after after uh-huh. that day, just in case it happened at nationals. But it's probably I don't know in the warm weather, but I think I have a better idea. It doesn't mean I've, I've practiced it once for like five minutes, um, and it wasn't as difficult after you've done it a couple of times in a match right. the first time. I thought it's gonna spin sideways, all kinds of stuff. So it, yeah, it made me look stupid. Just remember, next time when I play him, I'm gonna make him look stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What have you done? Dan? What have you done? Oh. But uh, no, no, I, I like Randy. I'm just be, oh, no, Randy, Randy's ex- season. Don't worry. But, but no, he served. He served. It doesn't no. matter what I do. He's going to be happy about that time that he made me look silly. But yeah, but he no, did. Rand- and listen, a, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do with it at that point, and it was mm-hmm. warm. And you know, listen, I I didn't think taking it off the bounce quickly was going to work. So I try to wait. And the more you wait, the worse it gets. So I uh-huh. think you got to take it kind of early off the bounce and. Uh, we practiced it a little bit, but now listen, we didn't practice it in 60 degree weather. So I don't know what it is like in 60 degree weather, but you know, I don't play in 60 degree weather very often. So, but no. I think, I think if you see it a couple of times, you know, that, that serves not going to work against good players if you, if they see it a couple of times. But um, hey, once off it might work, but it doesn't yeah, really matter. Well, I'm not, I'm not a good player. So it was like, <laughs> well, me neither. Me neither. I, you know, I didn't, I I didn't like, really make it. So, I'll tell you, I was playing that match and we're down like 6 1, 3, 3 love, I think. And Tyler, yeah. I look at Tyler, I go, Tyler, let's just, he kept hitting this. So I go, Tyler, let's just fucking tank and be done with this and go have some drinks. Yeah. Tyler, Tyler looks at me, goes, Tank, you're already tanking. What would the difference be? I, like you, I go, you motherfucker, I haven't started tanking yet. And he like, he poked the button in me and we went up like 5-3. And we, yeah. we won like the next five games in a row. Because I'm like, funny. screw you, I'm not tanking. Yeah. I'm just playing like shit. There's a difference. Steven, that's what I'm saying. You got to piss off your partner. See what yeah. I'm, yeah. You got to poke the bear a little bit. Not a long-term so let- solution. Let's, let's, I don't think it's a good idea for me to poke the bear. I don't want to get hit. Maybe a good I'm, idea. I'm good on my <laughs> side of the net. Let those fuckers get hit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't FYM his own partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, you you know, you talked about you know that serve and how it uh, it's it's different and you know maybe it changes things in the game, whatever. And and obviously, you know, you did something uh, last year in Boston that uh, you know was pretty effective, obviously. And I I'm honestly surprised. I thought we'd see it a lot more this year, whether it's from you or others. 
and we didn't really, you know, didn't see it like certainly not like it was in that third set in Boston last year. But what, you know, maybe talk about that or talk about anything that you see coming that could speed up the game. I know that's kind of like the the thing that's being talked about is how do you speed up some of the games that, you know, at a high level when they're taking a long time? Is there anything that you see coming or could be done or or even talk about the, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call them, the FYMs or the hard, hard body shots, whatever you want to call them. Are we asking me or Steven? I, either one of you guys. I mean, just kind of curious as what you what you see as as far as what kind of things can change the game or speed it up. Yeah, I yeah. mean, go for it, Steve. I think. I mean, I, well, for essence, for us, for us, we use it depending on what's going on in terms of how people are playing, right? So that's we use it to try and speed up and make transition. Obviously, in nationals, we weren't going to do much of that because. Me right. going up and back wasn't going to help us. When we got the net, mm. we really wanted to hold the net. So, right. which is why we were a little more cautious at net before taking any chances. But um, I mean, I still think the shot's a good shot in terms of if you want to create that kind of chaos and you're comfortable doing that. I mean, mm. to be honest, we weren't comfortable doing it not too long ago because I wasn't good enough at the back. So we weren't. We didn't want to give up the net. Then we're getting to a point where I'm getting more comfortable. So now we can do it if people playing like that so we have the option to play both up and back so then that kind of makes us a lot more you know diverse as a team um so you know uh, that's our side of things i don't know what shots can i mean again i'm not the one who hits those kinds of shots it's johan it's tyler frazier those guys but i i don't know what kind of shots can change things um I don't know. I I wouldn't. You know. I mean, are, are you surprised that guys haven't, you know, whatever you want to call that shot, the FYM or the hard body shot? Are you surprised that more guys that, I mean, obviously there's, there's some other guys at a high level that, that can do a similar type of shot. Are you surprised that that hasn't been seen more by, uh, by some of the play, players in tournaments? I think, uh, I think what Steven said is, is spot on, right? And that's what we kind of tried to do. And, and, and Steven was, you know, a part of the, the thinking or, or probably the bigger part of the thinking, but um, I think there's probably more than one, you know, you play the baseline, you play at the net, but transition is a big part of the game and we never use it because we use it on the return, but we don't really use it on other times. I think there's been a lot less slow matches that I've seen, but that's maybe just my feeling. It might not be the truth, but there hasn't been any of these three hour complete slow matches as much. So it's probably, uh, I said to him the other day, I think the slow, the complete slow play is kind of to some extent changed, right? And I feel like I'm, I'm not worried about playing a slow match anymore because I feel like there's ways I can neutralize or I can speed it up and I can do things that is not super risky. So I think uh, if you can play transit or if you can play all three phases or you're comfortable, like football, I guess, phases, whatever you want to call them. Yep. All three sections of that, of that. If you can play all three of that, that makes you so much more comfortable. If you can only play one, and that's what I might have felt in, in in years past. Sometimes I'm uncomfortable in some area. So now, if I'm at net, I've got to hold the net. Or if I'm at the back, I'm uncomfortable. And I think uh, that's what we've tried to improve to some extent because then we feel more comfortable everywhere. And if we struggle in one 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 way, we can play another way. But I think that's probably what that shot's for. But I think a lot of guys, when they're at net, maybe don't want to give up the net. And, you know, it's not so easy to hide that FYM and hit it at the right time. And, you know, then your partner's got to know maybe they don't play enough together or talk. So there's, it's not as simple as you think. It's not always as effective, but it depends what you're trying to achieve. You're trying to hit the guy. It's not an effective shot. If you're trying to create, you know, but speed up the game and accidentally hit him, and, you know, then, then it's probably a more effective shot. So I was talking to... 
you know, I, I brought up Scott Mansinger earlier, but I think he's kind of probably one of the best minds that has ever played the game. And he was saying it, and I never noticed it until Scott brought it up. Oh, we lost Johan. Where'd you go? Sorry, yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't right, adding well, any value. Anyways. We'll keep going anyway. <laughs> so, you know, Scott was saying it's funny when he he's like when I watch Stephen and Johan play, they caught they when you know when they're playing their best is like they like to throw in this chaos, like yeah. all of a sudden they'll have control of the net and Johan will throw just like a little soft little cutter to bring them in, and then like there's this chaos going on or the FYM gets thrown in and he goes. If you watch Steven and Johan play, when the chaos is going, that's when they're at their best. There's all this move in and transition up and back. And he's like, no one plays the game in transition and chaos as well as those two. And that's that's the difference between like the, that was his take on it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we but again, we 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 do work on that. Right. So it's like and we and we think about it and we talk about it. So we we definitely do that intentionally. And there's certain times when matches are going on that if you feel like things are moving at a speed that we're comfortable with or happy with, if that makes sense, then we don't necessarily need to do it because then it's unnecessary, right? If guys yep. are are playing, then we're like, then we're okay to keep going. Otherwise, maybe we need to throw it in. But generally speaking, we, we kind of know, and I, and I can kind of read when it's coming and we kind of know what we're going to do behind that shot. Who's going to do, you know, who's going to back out and who's going to stick in there and, kind of see how you can sneak back across the court maybe. So, you know, I think so it's, how do you it's fun too. for chaos. Like how do you prepare for like just a crazy scenario where things are going all over the place and, and you guys are basically coming out on top. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, I, Steve feeds me a short lob in practice. I hit as hard as I can. And even if I hit him, you know, he buys me a beer because he sucks. You know, he's got to move fast. <laughs> but um, no, no, I'm just kidding. But I bought a lot of beers, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he hits me. It's, it's just as hard. Don't worry. So, um, but the point is, I think you can create little little drills like that. But I think, uh, I think more important than that, we all obviously come from tennis. And I think me and Steve both serve in volley. So our skills at net... It's kind of our strength, if that makes sense. You know, reading the game, reading the pace, you know, anticipating these kinds of things are what we hopefully have been doing for all our lives, right? So it doesn't mean, you know, anybody else can't learn it. That's not what I mean. But uh, but I mean, uh, uh, you know, at one point I felt like I don't use that enough. You know, I've got all those skills that I like to use. And I think it comes from uh, from from years and years of playing tennis. So in some ways, you know, you can apply that pretty quickly. Like pickleball, if you start playing that, you know, I don't know, we don't want to say pickleball on this podcast because some of you don't like it. But um, but anyway, you get the point. I think it makes uh, it makes it kind of, you know, those skills are, are, are what we've been doing for ages. You know, we didn't stand on the baseline hitting topspin forwards and backhands 24-7, you know. So I think those things translate pretty pretty easily if that, if that answers uh, the question. Yeah. Well, I, I assume that's, what maybe appears to other people watching is chaos is, is organized chaos from your yeah. standpoint, right? I mean, you've oh, got yeah. a plan. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff going on, but you have a pretty good plan on what you want to do and what you anticipate happening as a result of that. Right. So, so how do you, how do you translate? And, and again, to, to a club player, how can you do some of that? Again, you're not going to do it certainly to the same level of, yeah. uh, you know, by any stretch, but, but as a club player, how can you do something like that? in a similar way to, to create some kind of, you know, change of pace if, if, you know, to whatever the skill level is. 
This is why we do the podcast, guys. It's just a lesson for, for us, coaching, really. Yeah, exactly, Truly, it's yeah. just coaching. We we, <laughs> we invite the top players every week and we get lessons. This is I, how I, we do I, this. I, I um, didn't get enough knowledge when I was up in uh, Owl's Nest the last couple yeah. of years, so I want more. <laughs> you got to come back for more. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. I might be um, a, a late minute, last minute fill-in. <laughs> no, I think, I, think uh, I mean, again, I think it's like you and your partner kind of need to communicate about when you do hit like a hard one that's going to bring them in or – you know, anything that you're hidden to bring them in, one's going to be staying in and one's got to be bailing. You can't both be staying in. If you look like we're both, one is going to be in and one is going to be going out. And then the other one, the one who's close will try and read and react, but still keep it within like your limits. Meaning don't, you know, you can't stretch all over the show to get it. Uh, he can, but not many people can. But, you know, so you want to keep it within the limits and then the other guy, you know, will at least cover you. And then if it goes through, then you play from the back. But you, you kind of need to be on the same page in terms of, and generally we don't, I mean, I don't know, we don't really know who's doing what. It just kind of happens and you just feel like who's closer then that guy will close and the other one will back out. So we just kind of, it just happens, but. Yeah. Do you guys also, of, uh, oh, sorry, um, go ahead, Johan. No, no, it's a, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I think a lot of those, lots of lots of uh, camps you go to, maybe you don't, you don't uh, see it, but um, I mean, every guy, or I've talked with other guys too back in the day, and they all do transitional games where you feed a short ball and you hit it through the guy, or you feed a, yeah. you hit a harder backside over it and you do it. So if you do a lot of those kinds of things, I don't think we do enough of that probably because we don't pay attention. Or even if you do eye formation, you know, one stays back, that's technically transition, right? Because one's up, one's yeah. back, you know, it's going to change. So I think all those drills, Noah, well, you actually did a drill like that that you've forgotten about, the backside <laughs> overhead. But that was pretty hard that we worked on on the probably on the court that I was on if you would uh, if I was there the same day. But anyway, the yeah. point is there is drills that you can do, and you and you have a basic over. You know, like Steve said, one up, one back. You have one of these things to to work it out. But there's different ways of doing it. But it's a riskier way of playing it. But I think when you do it, then you're more comfortable playing that part of the game. If you never do it, then you never want to play that kind of the uh, part of the game, and you just want to play. That's kind of the old school way. You know, we don't play transition. We just lob high and we don't make a mistake. And at net, we just play our position. That's great. But, you know, if someone starts hitting the ball hard at you, you're going to have to get forced into the other part of the game that you don't like. I, I think yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think one of the things that if you're observant about it, you see that at an elite level like you guys, you're not trying to stretch out of your comfort zone for a volley. You're letting the ball go through and then immediately turning, going back, picking it up and playing that transition where I think – a lot of uh, lower level players that aren't as good, they try to reach for a volley, they'll miss yeah. it. Or if they let it go, they just turn their head and watch it go back yeah. and sit in the backcourt and they don't go for it at all. Right. So, are you watching it's... my game like today? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Present company I included. Uh, I think it's harder to at that level, right? It's a. Uh... It's all about movement too, you know. Some of them might not be fast enough to get there, but then they play right on top of the net. So if they play right on top of the net, that's great. But then if they hit it past you, the point's over. So I'm not right. saying don't play on top of the net, but you got to balance that out, you know. So if you're in trouble, you got to kind of use the screen to your advantage and feel like you can maybe be far enough off that you can maybe walk on the screen and maybe make the volley, you know. And if you can't do both, then it's maybe better to go back. But anyway, that's a long conversation there's lots of things you, you got to figure that out with your own level of speed and skill and length or height well, or whatever you are one last question on that when you guys are game planning let's you know let's i'm going to try and use someone's name that we're not going to uh, not going to offend so uh let's say you're playing like sven and mick when you guys are going your game planning and you're like if we we fym or we want to cause some chaos and bring someone in 
do you have a specific player that you're gonna that you want to draw that player in or get get into the chaos or is it just like i don't care who it is but we're just gonna uh, yeah i mean i think i think uh yeah i think that could come into play depending on you know if you think that they're good with that kind of hand stuff when they're moving forward or not right so there's some people that i don't think you really want to engage into that stuff and then other guys that yeah. you're okay with and maybe then there's also a speed factor out of the two guys do you know is, do you think that one is maybe a little bit have a little tougher time getting out the way and catching back up maybe so i mean well we kind yeah. of figure it out based on that but i mean when you hit the ball as hard as he does it doesn't really matter who that is so <laughs> ben, I, ben i ben i have a quiz for you um Let's do if it. you go out, you know, you're at a bar and you come out and there's like a group of five, four guys or five guys surrounding you and they want to fight you. What do you do except running? Because running is not an option if one of them is really fast. And there would be a pretty good chance that one of them is fast. Well, you pick on the weak first. Kick him in the nuts. You kick him in the nuts. You smash the biggest guy and everybody else runs away. Kind of the same principle we use. You realize I'm 550 pounds. I'm not saying. The element of surprise is in your favor, no matter how big you are. That's right. I was going to say lie down, but okay. Like a bear, you lie down and play dead. I scream like a girl and go, no, no, no. You said I couldn't run, I just lie down. There was a guy in South Africa in the high school that I was, but it's a story. I don't know if it's true, but he's a big big guy for a rugby player. And he came to the States and I don't know, he was an arrogant, a little bit of an arrogant guy, but anyway. He, he went to, I don't know, the pool, he said, you know, and, and all these guys, you know, hate him because he's got an accent and the girls liked him. That's the story, right? But, um, and eventually, like, everybody's surrounding him and this one guy just yaps and, and, and there's like eight or seven guys and he's like, you know, I'm going to get killed. Yeah, it's just the way it is. And the guy keeps yapping and he just smashes the guy and he's dead quiet. And he said, all the other guys didn't know what to do because the yapper was gone. So, <laughs> so it was the end of the fight. Nobody else wanted to mess with him. <laughs> Smart move. Right. There you go. Hey, sp so speaking of accents, you have three of the four national champs this year are South African. What do you attribute that to? I mean, that's that's... That's pretty good, uh, pretty unusual odds, right? What is it about South well, behind, Africa? And behind, the great, behind the Great Britain team, South Africa is definitely the best paddle that's, country. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, I, 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 don't, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, possibly the whole, the, the doubles growing up in tennis, we played a lot of doubles. A lot of South African guys, guys and girls played like in the leagues in South Africa and the adult leagues as juniors yeah, and stuff. And I'm sure Lynn did too. And so you play a lot of juniors, I mean, a lot of doubles and you also, I don't know that, I think that skill, that skill set translates well to this game. So I'm going to guess that's what it is. is it, I'm not a tennis guy, obviously. Uh, but is that, is that like true? Like South Africa, there's, there's more, push towards doubles or there's more prevalence of doubles than singles? I mean, especially, especially when like our age group, Lynn's obviously a lot younger than us, but uh, I mean, I think she would have also played a, a ton of doubles and like we play like mini tennis and all these fun games in tennis that you play that I think all kind of give you the, the right skill set for, for paddle. Uh, you know, it's a, interesting. It's, the doubles, it's the same as if, in my opinion, if you took like tennis guys, really good singles players who were like, you know, really good baseline players. They're not necessarily going to be very good paddle players, but you take like the doubles guys, like the Brian brothers and these kinds of guys, 
and put them on a the paddle court, they're going to figure it out because it's a different, it's just a different kind of skill set. So I, I've actually played against the Bryan brothers, by the way, paddle. No way. Yeah. Yeah. They, Where were, was that? they, they were at the Englewood field club for a, a USTA charity event. And we brought them over to the paddle course to check it out. They were not very good, but I'm sure to your point, <laughs> they will be yeah, they will after, be after player. like a, a week of playing or a day, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe Johan, uh, years ago, they did an exhibition with Mike Riley and Peter Berker. I remember in, the, I remember, was it, I Ve was it Vegas or yeah, somewhere? Yeah, out, out west, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Raleigh said, I, I think, you know, Peter and Raleigh beat him like one and two or something fairly comfortable. But they, they were like, if they play this a few times. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, and those guys are just gonna once they get the screens down, <clears throat> yeah. those guys are rock solid. Yeah. Yeah, I think to your previous point about the South African thing, I'm not saying it's all only South Africans, but but a lot of the South Africans also it sounds it sounds bad. South Africa is in a tough place, you know, um mm -hmm. country-wise, it's not getting any better, right? So I think a lot of those people move over here for college tennis. So there's probably more South Africans playing here then you you know there's probably a lot you know the more i go on playing these things guys that i you know i'm i'm getting old too so so a lot of the guys or learn and these people are like 15 20 years younger than me if they weren't five or six years younger than you 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 don't remember them you know because they were, were mm -hmm. kids when you played so i think that's probably also adding to the fact that there's probably a lot more south africans playing this game and um and i think the other thing is in south africa back in the day that's what you kind of did I'm, I'm not sure i didn't grow up in america but and South Africa is technologically and in those things a little bit behind, I think, America in these places. And I'm just taking America's example because we're here. But uh, but I think we played so much sports. That's all we did. You know, anything you did, you never played. You know, we didn't have much video games or any of these things, you know. And I know I know it came later, but but it came here before it came there, if that makes sense. So I think sure. I think all those things has affected it. So it's a combination mm -hmm. of things. But I think Steve's. Steve's point is very accurate too. We played a lot of mini tennis, a lot of doubles, and there was a lot more focus on doubles. You always played doubles. You never played a tournament and just played singles. So there's so, still hope for Mark Innes? Say again? Still hope for Mark Innes. <laughs> Mark, Mark just contacted me this week and wants to take up hunting. So I've got him in my group for next year. He's going to come out turkey hunting with us. And, and wow. Nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, real He's quick, him to leave his turtleneck at home. <laughs> hey, real quick, we had Stephen on before and we discussed his tennis background with Alabama and all that. Um, often people, you know, I probably should know the answer to this. Johan, what's your tennis background? Like, you know, pro and I played, college. I played, and... Uh, yeah, I played a lot as a kid, you know, and I went away from school, but I, I never played much as a junior. My, my tennis background was kind of messed up, you know, I played. But I never played tournaments. I my parents didn't send me away. They wanted to, you know, help me back in those days. Tennis weren't professional, any of those things. But um, I went away for school and played there. You know, practiced at a good, a decent academy. You know, but um, I never played a lot of tournaments. So in some ways, I fell behind. I actually wanted to quit when I was like 15 because I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm, all I do is practice. What's the point? You know. So, uh, but I I love sports. You know, any sports. So I wanted to actually play rugby and all these kinds of things. I just want to do something. But uh, but then I went to college in South Africa. Because I didn't, uh, I actually hurt myself when I was 17, I, a long story, but I hurt my ankle. And um, then I, that's just when the college tennis kind of started in the States for us. 
and I kind of missed that, but I probably wasn't, you know, I didn't play much at that age. You know, I wasn't playing many tournaments, so it might have not affected me. But long story short, I went to a, a college in South Africa, not thinking I'll play tennis, just to go to college. And um, a guy there was an ITF referee, and he liked me, you know, and he worked with me a little bit and so on. And uh, and I, and you know, I, I was at college, obviously, I did a lot of stupid things, but I actually, you know, I wanted to play, do something, you know, I didn't just want to go go partying all the time. So I wanted to do sports, play golf, because I always loved sports. So uh, he helped me a lot and I started playing more and he said I should play an ITF tournament because he he has he's like a referee or whatever and he gets free accommodation. I can stay with him and, you know, so I stayed on the floor in his room and I played and I made some points and that's how I started playing tennis a little bit. And then I did, you know, everything was Bush League done kind of, you know, but uh, but that's how I started and I played a lot of, uh, then I started playing a little on the APG, ATP tour and, you know, I got a decent ranking and, uh, Never went to college here, but, you know, I did everything backwards, if that makes sense. But, hey, you know, it's a, it worked out well for me, you know. No, no matter how it works out, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good learning curve, and I don't think there's any real mistakes made, you know. But it was, uh, it was probably unprofessionally done back then, and I probably did it the wrong way. But, you know, whatever. Maybe there is no wrong way. In, in beautiful Johan way he does things he's really just overplayed that he played professional tennis and got a deal like oh you know I play some- yeah, 300 something in singles 200 something in doubles like, get yeah. the fuck out of here were you really yeah. Yeah. yeah but there was i played a lot in africa you know it's cheap there a lot of get out of here i don't i don't care where you played your tournaments if you were 300 or so in the world like and 200 in doubles you you're a very good player yeah, I know it's, it's all good. It's also a couple of years ago, but but hey, I like sports. Any any sports I liked, and I was always into sports and figuring it out. You know, it's kind of what I I didn't like school. I went to school, but I didn't like 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 studying or any of that stuff. But I didn't, you know, I passed. Yeah. Uh, fair enough, but I didn't really like to do, hey, r- to do school. R- I was rumor, sports. R- rumor has it you're a little bit of a golfer too. Is that true? Yeah. Oh yeah. If I play, I'm a, I'm a good golfer. If I play, uh, you know, if I play, I'm not like a guy that just gets off the couch and you know shoots even par, you know. But if I play, I can play. You know, I can play like you know, very good golf. But I got to play more often. But now, you last ten years, I probably haven't played that much because I got kids and a wife and lots of other things, you know. So, uh, but that's fine. It's it's fine by me. It's not so, like I. So you're up, to, you're, you're up to a three handicap now? Is that what you're saying? Because you're not playing that often? <laughs> he gets I have, I have no idea. No, 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 I'm not that good. But um, but no, no, I like to play golf. I don't hit the ball a mile like some people say. It's decent, but I'm, you know, I can manage my way around. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not bad, but I wouldn't golfer. play them. <laughs> well, yeah, back in the day, I was a scratch, but not anymore. <laughs> you uh, Are you like me? You think golf should be 12 holes? Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely Nine, like, uh, 12 is very, perfect number my, my wife's very close to me upstairs so uh i would maybe make it uh what's another nine For, on top of 45 27 hey just because no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding I, I, 18 is good for me just because we introduce uh johan to documentaries on this show he, we got him into the lion king the, uh, the whatever that was called um did you uh did you watch that uh documentary Full Swing on Netflix? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was great. That guy Joel Dahm might be my favorite golfer ever. The guy who was like he's like a journeyman and someone was like, "Dude, you could he could be one of the best golfers in the world." And he was like, "Eh, someone needs to be 70 oh, in the 70 David. in the world. Why Joel can't David. it be me?" 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. I watched it. That was hilarious. That guy was funny. He was very talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And He's, I remember uh, you said uh, I, I missed the last name, but that was pretty very cool. My favorite yeah. one. He was Noah. Did you watch this documentary? No. No. There's there's a day where there's qualifying for the U.S. Open, yeah. and he shot like five or six over you play 36 holes. So in the morning he had a terrible round and he asked his caddy, he goes, is it against the rules to have a couple of white claws at lunch? And he's like, caddy's like, I don't think it's against the rules. So he's like, fuck it. Why not? I think he had like two or three white claws at lunch and then went out and shot like nine or 10 under and qualified for the U S open. That's that's true. Yeah. I I like, I I like that part. And I liked, uh, I liked the part where, Kepka keeps complaining because I don't like Brooks Kepka. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm just not just slump, you know, sitting on the couch, drooping his shoulders. I'm like, yes, uh, just, yes. just get, just wake up. You're such a, yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, I, I can't see someone sulking that much. You know, get, get up and get your head straight and figure it out. Right. Because uh, especially, especially after he said, you never saw, maybe you saw this. Remember once they interviewed him. And he broke down the whole field for, for, for a major. Did you see that interview? Uh-uh. So he said there's 256 players or something. I don't know what there is, but say just make it 256. He said half of those guys can't win. Then he said the other 25% has never been the spot they can't. You know, he just keeps going on and on. So he eventually breaks it down to four to six people that could really win. And I'm like, that's pretty big. And right after that uh, interview, you know, he went into the tearful slump, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I was loving every second of it because it was so arrogant. It's unbelievable. And uh, and he deserved every every bit that came to him. I don't care, you know. I go to live golf. He's such an asshole. At least at least Dustin Johnson, <laughs> I I like. But Brooks Kepka, I can't stand. I like Dustin Johnson. Is uh, yeah, Dustin yeah. Johnson's great. He's like whatever, you know. I, I play. It's none of your business, and I'm fine with it. You know, it's not it's not it's not it's not his problem. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's a you know that's a good documentary. It's interesting. Great like documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Real good. Hey, uh, real quick, we, we'll we'll get you out of here fairly soon. But I, I'm going to boost. I was, I'm hoping Noah walks away when I ask this question. But um, you guys won nationals. But my friend over there, for two years in a row, has had every winner of nationals using his paddle. Like yeah. you know, and. When you guys obviously played with other brands before you you moved over to to Xenon, um, what what you know? I moved to Xenon because I like Noah and I think he's an amazing dude. And you know, you know, I'm not very good, so you know, why did you guys move over? Like, what 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 was the reason? Like, what do you look for when you look? You're picking your equipment, whether it's Xenon, Viking, Masters, Skull, whatever it is. When you guys are picking a paddle and any of your equipment, what are you guys looking for? Uh, I mean, for me, I'm looking for like a certain feel um, in the paddle. And actually I did, when I tried the the first paddle Noah gave me, I kind of told him what I was feeling. And then he basically was like, oh, let me do this. And came back with something that then he basically figured out what I was saying and adjusted it. And then I hit with it and I'm like, oh, that's exactly what I'm, looking for so he basically catered again no one's going to be the one who needs to talk about what yeah. the it's the foam and whatever it is the density or whatever it is but like again not smart that's not my thing so i had to like i told him like this is kind of what i'm looking for and then he 
figured that out and then that's what I have. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. And it feels amazing, especially on, for me, it was especially on forehand drives and volleys. That's obviously that's what I'm looking for. And that's, to me, what the paddle was perfect. Exactly what and I you, wanted. And you didn't like the knuckle? I was not a huge fan of the knuckle. I'm going to have to. <laughs> so I, I tell you, I went to know, I went to lunch with Noah and he's like, yeah, I got Stephen Mitchell using the paddle, but he hates the knuckle. And I go, <laughs> fuck is wrong with Steven? I go, it's down there by your hands. If he can't, he's like a national champion. If he can't hit the middle of the paddle, what's, what's his problem with the knuckle? <laughs> I don't hit the middle of the paddle. I need the whole damn thing. Come on. If I mess it up, that's where I hit it. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm not an equipment guy. I, I don't really care about equipment, golf clubs, or any of these things generally. Um, but um, but I think most of all, you know, I, um, Noah can probably attest to this. When he asked me which paddle I wanted to play with, I said, don't send me any paddles. Whatever Stephen play with, just send me that. I'll be fine with that. And uh, because I don't, I don't want to test a lot of paddles. It's more mentally screws me up, you know, especially in the middle of the season. I don't want to hit with paddles. I don't want to try paddles. I want to play with the paddles that I play. And that's it. But um, I, I'll teach with any paddle. I don't care. But uh, but I think that, you know, in my opinion, uh, Noah's been, uh, you know, I, I like it when a guy's at a tournament and he's a great guy and he's doing all the work. You know, I, I respect that. And I think uh, I think that's probably, and, I, and obviously I like Noah, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's on my screen, unfortunately. I can't get him off. But well, uh, was, yeah. but, um, but but no, I think the main thing for me was, you know, and, and he, you know, he would listen to you and try to do things that you wanted, you know. So I think... Uh, I think for that reason, you know, that's, that's the guy you want to go with that supports the game. And, you know, he's doing, you know, he got a lot of guys playing with it. So for me, the equipment is obviously, it didn't, you know, I love the paddle because, you know, I played great this year. I think the first year I played with it, I picked it up. It was fantastic. I probably had one of the better years playing with it. So, uh, so there's nothing wrong with the paddle. It's probably tip top, if not better than all the other ones. But for me, it's hard to tell the difference between one paddle or one tennis racket and another tennis racket. If they're fairly close, I go more with, uh, with the, with the guy that I like, uh, I think there's a guy, you know, I can plug him on here because not paddle, but there's a guy, Pete Lyons, uh, yeah. supported. He's a Bablet guy, but um, but he's just, he was with Prince, he was with whatever. The guy is a great guy. And I'll support the guy to the end of the earth, you know, because every time I ask him something, he calls me back. If that's what I like. If a guy doesn't call me back, you know, he can keep his rackets. Then I, then I, won't, uh, then I won't deal with him pretty much. So I'm so glad you said that because Noah's going to play this down. And he goes, well, you know, it's just a good paddle. I go, fuck you, Noah. It's because they like you. You're a good person. Well, for you me, that was, the, that was it. Yeah, for me, that was the biggest thing, probably more than the paddle. But the paddle is good yeah. too. Right. So I'm, Thank I'm you. done. That's, I'm, that's... I'm done inflating his ego. One more plug. I think also, I think Noah's, they've done a great job of catering to all the levels of players in terms of like grip sizes and all yeah. kinds of things like that. Those are small things that are, that I don't think were really being paid attention to and now are being paid attention to. So I think that's great. And the heated paddle. Yeah. He cares. He cares is what it comes down to. Or it he seems cares. like he cares. If he doesn't, he fakes it really well. So do you guys do something, do it to the best of your ability. Do you right? guys tweak your paddles you at all? Do you guys throw lead tape on there or round grips off or bigger? Or you just lock stock you just play with whatever gets sent to you no good to go what's what's sent to you white grip on steve has a new white grip on they stacked in his bag in order oh yeah that's I play for with sure. the well, same grip i play with the same grip at nationals that i probably played with the jersey in new jersey short hill yep. you know if it's really dirty just for you know in case someone sees me i might change it 
but uh, but yeah. No, no, Steve, my, my OCD is is real. There's no doubt Steve, about it. Is your bag all lined up? And oh yeah, hundred percent. You know where everything is when you grab everything. it. And... I've been like that since I was I was like six years old. My parents hated me. They probably still do, but yeah, I've always been like that. <laughs> went so. to, I went to I went to boarding school all my life, and I think started off a little bit like that, but then people would pick on it. You know, I don't know. Guy puts his feet on my bed, and you freak out, and then everybody would put their feet on your bed. So I learned quickly that. Whatever someone do, does, I do not care. Because if I care, they're going to do something. And the same with paddles. My kids took my paddles out of my bag the other day. They played with them, and I and I had them kind of lined up. The new one that I'm going to, I'm like, fuck it, whatever. You know, if I hit the ball, then it's going to go. So I didn't, I didn't freak out because 10 years ago or when I was a kid, I'd be like, oh, it's not the right paddle. It stresses me out. I'm like, yeah, I, I got enough stuff to worry about. That doesn't That's do right. it for me. But we're all different. Steve, Stephen, I'm glad you said that because I this is how I I knew I should have probably got divorced in the first place. I I'm OCD and I have to have everything like lined up. And when I'm in the shower, I'll like line up all the shampoo yeah. and everything's got a face. Yeah. And I'd go back in the shower. My fucking ex-wife has like turned everything just to yeah. drive me nuts. I yeah. I should have known I was going to get divorced at some point there, but just based on that, but she would like turn everything and it would drive me nuts. You take yeah. your we should, we shower should, with you? Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere with me. We sure think, she wasn't doing I it think. on purpose? What's that? We sure she wasn't doing it on purpose? Oh, she was That's 100% doing it on purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what I think my wife wish I was OCD. So things would be a little tidier. <laughs> Flip a couple of shampoo bottles and it's all over. You ready? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, you know, can we talk about league play real quick with you guys? I'm not in a rush. I got another early lesson tomorrow. So it's up to you guys, whatever you want. All right. To talk about. So, you know, I feel like once in a while, like again, not a good player. Once in a while, I'll play a league play and I'll play with someone much weaker than me. And then it's a really frustrating night where I'm standing out in the cold. I serve, I hit a return and I, I stand there and then, I'll get a loss to my name and everyone's like, oh, you lost to so-and-so. Like, fuck. No, I didn't lose to so-and-so. Uh, <laughs> they didn't hit a ball to me. Now, you two are on a whole different level and Boston's different from Chicago. In Chicago, we can pick and choose teams we play for. And Boston, you have to play for your club, correct? Yeah. So when you're in January and... Again, PTI-wise, I don't know what you guys are. I'm sure it's negative, like 100, whatever it is. But whoever you play with is going to be not a good player for the most part. Does league play without trying to uh, – obviously, you got to try and keep your jobs here. Is league play tough for you guys? Um, yeah. Frustrating. I would say, no, I would say it is. I mean, I think a couple of years ago, you know, before I was at Braven, I was actually playing for Western Golf Club where Genius is. And they kind of took me on because I wasn't working at a club or teaching paddle then. So I was playing league there, which was great for me to kind of learn and try and figure out the game. So again, that was probably, I don't know, five, six years ago. So I was a little younger, not, you know, half broken. So I could run more, which then I enjoyed. But the problem is, as you get on, it's like it's not so much fun anymore trying to like cover that much court. Um, but I mean, I, the the part I do enjoy is 
you know, I play with a bunch of guys who are great. All the guys I play with are actually a lot of fun to play with. And I kind of like the, the strategy of it. You know, they're trying, we're trying to figure out how to make it work um, and what things, you know, we can do. And it's kind of surprising to see. They think they're like, oh, I should do this. I'm like, actually, maybe you should try this because this is, you know, and again, a lot of guys I play with are like, they just think they got to lob every ball. I'm like, no, no, no. When there's a short one, you got to hit it. Like, I want you to hit it because then I can move in and try and speed the play up. Um, if you just lob every time, they're going to drop it to you and then just sit back and wait for you to lob again. So you actually need to take some risks. I think in the beginning, they think they shouldn't take any risks. They don't want to miss. I'm like, I'm okay with you going for, you know, the right shots. Go for them. Um, and then we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I'm gonna, I was going to sound like a real, uh, not a nice guy. But I think, uh, I think I enjoy, Again? put it this way, put it this way. <laughs> I, I agree fully with what Steve says. I don't enjoy league play anymore, meaning I like the team, but I do not want to run. I'm too old to run for another guy, if that makes sense. Especially for a league match, it's not important. In the playoff, sure, I'll give it a shot. But um, back in the day, I loved it, and I think uh, I think it's not about who I play with. You know, I'd like to have a guy that matches up well with me, but I think uh, league play has probably taught me a lot of how to, you know, control the game a little bit because you got to kind of... So there's so many things I can learn and I try and make the other guy hopefully better. I don't always get successful because it's not it's not always my fault or his fault. It's tough to to manage a guy and not talk too much, talk too little. It's, and it's for him tough to play with you. It makes you a little bit more self-aware. If I say too many things, I can see the guy's getting a little... Struggling with himself is never going to blame me. But, you know, all those things are huge. I'll tell you a, a stupid thing. Last night, my kid, my, my oldest kid came came back. He's not old. He's eight years old. Right? He played tennis, whatever. He played double. So he comes back and uh, my wife says something and he says something. And they both, he played doubles or something. And he made an excuse for not you know, not playing playing good because the other kid wasn't trying. And uh, my wife kind of made an excuse. My wife, she doesn't mean it in a bad way. She's great. She didn't play a lot of sports. So... So I said, come over here. I said, you know, you've probably had a lot of speeches today. I said, but, you know, we'll do one more. I said, um, I said, what do you do if that happens? I said, long story short, you've got to figure out, you know, make a joke with this guy, figure out what he likes, make him better. But you can't just say, because he said, I just give up. I said, that, that's not the right attitude. You've got to figure out how to work with your partner. So in my opinion, um, giving up or thinking the other way is not the right way. But that's why I said, I'm not going to sound like a nice guy. But the running part, I could go without that at this at this age. Back in the day, I'd do it twenty four seven. But I think you've got to figure out how to make your partner better. And you could you actually, if you don't get balls hit to you, I mean, I'm more in the other guy's alley than in mine. But you don't have to be fast to be there. It's more anticipation and figuring it out where to lob. So I think a lot of that stuff could come in handy. But uh, so, hey, that's my opinion. So how do these how do these other teams react when when they come to the court and they see you on the other side? I'm sure they're thrilled, right? I think they love it because they play against us, and we know we're not hitting. You know, I'm not hitting a ball hard at them. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I might have, but I can't remember ever ever hitting the hard over in a league match. You know, so uh, so I don't think really I'm going to hit a guy unless the guys. You know, if it gets closest, maybe, but I don't even know if I've ever hit in in the league match many of those shots, and uh, it's not worth in the league match to do it. You know, and you see the guy the next day doesn't. Doesn't make See, sense. That's not the Chicago way. Chicago, <laughs> yeah, again. but it's different level, different level, different level. <laughs> so, do you you obviously know their members of your club, or you guys know them pretty well? But like, for example, when I first started playing Series One in Chicago, Scott Mansinger was my partner, and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna play with Scott Mansinger, and I don't know if you ever play with Scott, you can actually 
you can feel him counting all the mistakes you've made and he's gonna, he's gonna tell you and i'm like shit i can't i've never lost when i play with scott but i'm like if we lose this is my fault this is one of the best players ever so i got really nervous and i was like he's a good friend of mine now but i was always like scared of making a mistake or or missing because i'm like he's like one of the best players ever it's definitely my fault when we lose um do you guys, do you see the guys get nervous or they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do that. And like, yeah, yeah no, we, exactly what you described. But that's why I think, you know, again, we, we talk through the things and if they, if they miss a ball, that's like the right ball to go for. I'm like, dude, that's great. Keep, keep swinging. It's like, obviously if it's the wrong one, I'll be like, Hey, maybe, you know, try and talk them through like some decisions, but if it's the right thing, you got to go for it. That's, but yes. I mean, the problem is, if you don't make them feel comfortable, they're never going to take any chances or go for those shots. They're never going to make yep. them because you're like, fuck, dude, don't do that. Just lob. Like, that's not going to help. That's, yep. we're, not going to, we're not going to get anywhere. And it's not going to be fun either. So, I mean, it's supposed to be fun and hopefully trying to win. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a mindset, right? It's just what Steven says. I think uh, you got to make the guy better. And, uh, and the fine line, for me, the hardest part always is if I play with anybody. When I started playing with Steven, the hardest part is not to say too much. And I feel that's not so easy when you're losing, you need to, you, you talk. And sometimes when I talk too much, I can't play. I don't realize yeah. it. But, uh, but, but if I look too much at the other guy and at some point, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to talk to him. I'm just going to play. And then it seems like I'm shutting him out. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing. So I think it's difficult, but that stuff you learn about yourself a lot, right? If you don't, uh, it sounds like a very, like I've had about 10 beers and I'm talking very deep here. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, I think that stuff makes, uh, makes a big difference. You learn a lot from that. And I think from playing with weaker or better or anybody, I think you can learn a ton of things if you really look for it. But if you just switch off and say, fuck it, not going to work, then hey, that's your, that's your choice. But you're going to lose a lot, of, a lot of information. You waste your time for that hour and a half instead of, instead of give it a shot, uh, get something out of it. I gotta, I gotta give a quick shout out to someone real quick. Is uh, Matic Javinsky might be yeah. the greatest partner like you'll ever play with. He's like the most supportive. Uh, he's like the nicest guy. You'll play with him and you'll miss the shot. Yeah, Matic, I'm sorry, dude. He's like, no, it's the right shot. Swing at it. Keep going. Go and like yeah. he's like hands down the nicest person you could ever get on a court with. He's like positive and super nice and. You know, he's got this massive forehand and he'll miss one. And he'll look at you and goes, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm like, what are you apologizing for? It was like, you're awesome. And he's like the greatest person to play with. Um, I just, you know, I love yeah, playing it with you, It'll make, it makes you play better when someone I play like, so much sure. better when I play with my, like, I generally like someone to be like, Ben, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Don't do that. Like to really <laughs> direct me. Cause that's how I started playing. But every time I play with Matic, he's like, He's like a life coach. Yeah. He just walks around with you going, you're awesome. That's so good. Keep doing that. I was like, you need to follow me around all day long. Like, just talk to me like that. Like, I'll be, uh, yeah. Like um, Chris Farley and Saturday Night Live. You know, be supportive. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, it's just a quick comment. I mean, I think it's interesting. Like a lot of, a lot of people will watch you guys play and obviously see the level you play at and, and think that, you know, to some degree, you just show up and that happens, right? It's, I think it's interesting when, 
when you talk about all the thought process that goes into it and how much you're, you know, talking about what you can learn from all these different situations. And, you know, we had Lynn and Macy on last week and they were talking about kind of strategy and what they were doing and all the the thought they put into it. I mean, I think, I think it's important to people to know when they, when they watch you guys, it's, you know, you don't just show up and, and it happens. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Obviously you have a, a certain level of physical ability that maybe other people aren't going to have, but it's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into to getting you guys the success that that you've all had, which I think is important. If people want to get better, you can't just you can't just show up for a league match once a week and go, geez, I'm not getting any better. I wonder why. Right. And and just do the same things you always do. You yeah. gotta go to paddle camp. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's talk about paddle camp. Let's talk paddle camps. <laughs> Don't you guys run a paddle camp? Yes, we do. Let's uh, talk uh, about it. Tell us about it. I yeah, was checking. Doing, I was uh, checking your site today. It looks like everything's booked for like, for for a long time. There's a, there's a few openings, but you guys have a lot of uh, a lot of people coming to your camp. Yeah, there is. There's a few. I mean, we well this year we're going to go to four weeks at uh, Owls Nest uh, Resort up in Thornton, New Hampshire, and so that's we have what 96 people a week. So you know we're trying to get to four weeks. Wow. I think we're about 85 percent full, somewhere in that range um so you know hoping to to get the rest but uh yeah it's been good it's it's grown quickly in three in three years so um now, it's are great you, are you guys thinking about doing any camps not at owl's nest and like because owl's nest is very far for like guys in new jersey uh especially obviously in chicago are you thinking about doing anything um in any if you were a business guy ara which you probably are what would you do i'm sorry what was that if you were a business guy ara what would you do I would I would have some camps in New Jersey. I would have some camps in Chicago. Okay. I would have some no, camps no, in uh, no, let's Atlanta. Take it, no, let's let's take it one step further. If you were a business guy, you were married and you had a full time job. What would you? Do? <laughs> there it is. I'd, I'd get divorced and play paddle. Yes, that's more expensive than all the paddle camps is going to be. Well, uh, as, no, I think I think uh, I think we would like to. If I lost my job tomorrow, I'd probably travel and do camps. But I think uh, I think it's not physically possible for us to do that. And, and I think years ago when we did it, I obviously did it for a while before Stephen started. I said, let's we'll do it together because then we can get four weeks or more weeks in. Because if we're, you know, if he does well at, at battle, which I which I was confident he was going to do, uh, it'll be easier for us to to have four weeks because we have national champs at, at both or whatever and. Uh, and it makes uh, you know it, it makes it easier for us to grow it. But um, but but while we got full time jobs, we just can't be everywhere, even if we want to be. And when we play tournaments and stuff, I think we could do it. But physically, it's it's challenging, you know. And we're not, you know, if I was twenty or thirty, you know, I probably would have would have done all those things. But uh, but at this point, it doesn't make sense for us to for us to do it. Although the money sounds great, but it's just not it's just not worth the the, the other stuff you give up. That, that's actually a good point. I think Anna and Floor do that right now, right? Like when they, whenever they go to these Grand Prix or these other events, they try to yeah. go out like a day early and they try yeah. to do at least one like a one day camp or something just to give yeah. people, people that experience to kind of get yeah. a lesson from them. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, hey huh? uh, quick quick plug as someone who's been to Owl's Nest with uh, with Johan and Steven, uh, I would say that if you have an opportunity to go, it's it's time well spent, money well spent. Beautiful area, uh, fun camp. You know, if you're a paddle junkie, which 
you're honestly, you're probably not going to paddle camp if you're not a paddle junkie, uh, cause it's hard to be an adult and say you're going to camp and tell your friends with a straight face. So uh, you know, th this is a good chance to, to hang out with the guys and gals and, uh, you know, ask questions like kind of like we are now and just talk paddle. I mean, just have a fun, fun time with guys. So I would absolutely recommend if you can do it, it's uh, it's good stuff to do. And I, I did see, maybe it was a misprint. Maybe it's supposed to say paddle, but is there a pickleball camp in the future? In process. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. All right. So a pickleball camp is coming. Aren't there dates and everything coming? I thought I saw dates yeah, for it already. No, no, we're doing pickleball. We're doing pickleball camps in Nantucket because okay. we know the people there from, from years ago. So we're doing that. And then we're probably going to do an, uh, an Owl's Nest uh, as well. But uh, but this year we're going to probably play a little bit more pickleball, hopefully, in the, in the summer if, uh, if we're healthy. And then uh, we get a little bit more credibility. Do you, It'll be a little bit easier. But I've played quite a bit. Any, so I should, yeah, should be. Do you bring in any of those kind of top like the the pickleball Thinking. version of you guys. Yeah. Do you bring in like a Ben Johns or a Tyson McGuffin or any yeah. of that stuff? So we're thinking of doing it for uh, the Owl's Nest one. I spoke to Riley Newman because I know him from coming over here. So uh, so uh, so so we're thinking of you know if he if he's willing to do it, obviously. But uh, but it, ideally we don't you know we want to run our own camps because uh, but but we're not we got to play another year or so or maybe two who knows to 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 get a little bit but in this area most people know us so it makes it a little bit easier because we yep. obviously have done fairly well here so uh, so that helps us but you know that's not that's probably not enough to fill our pickleball camps we're just getting our feet wet i do find it weird right that there's certain people in in paddle try and kind of bad mouth pickleball and say it's stupid and all of that it to me it kind of feels like a midget trying to start a fight with a giant like, <laughs> like we are a, we are a very small sport yeah. in comparison to pickleball. Like yeah, this yeah. is a fight we're not going to win. Like yeah. okay, well pickleball's stupid. Yeah, you know, there's like nine million people playing pickleball currently, and yeah. we've got a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah. Like, you like know, me. I think this like hate train that some people are running on pickleball is just silly. Like this yeah, is a I fight. Think even, I think. Yeah, I think even the tennis people do that too, no? I mean, that's yeah. all, you know, the tennis people do the same. I think they're just trying to, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the, because it's new. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Uh, you know, but Padel's oh, oh, the, I was going to say, in fairness, nobody looks down at Padel, right? No. You might not Everyone like loves it, it per se, but it, yeah, I mean, but nobody looks down at Padel. So there's something, something. I think different. it's just because it's non-existent at this point. That's I mean, it's true. coming. I don't, I don't well, mean badly. I mean, it's going to be in, in America. Yeah, the fastest. I know it's huge numbers, but in America, it's not a threat yet. But I think uh, Ben, who's your favorite college uh, football team? I don't. I, I know nothing uh, about and pro football. Well, what sports do you? You watch soccer. What's your soccer? What's your soccer? soccer Tottenham. Do you like Man, Man U? No, I'm a Tottenham fan. Okay, that makes sense. So, so that's the same with paddle and pickleball. As soon as you like, get one, the fuck you're out of here. The other one, <laughs> like competition. It's competition. It's how it works. Uh, <laughs> so, so well, I thought you were saying Man. So Tottenham is the pickleball of. He was saying wow, it the other way around. He was wow. saying Tottenham's the paddle like in this. Yeah, that's not how I heard it, Ben. <laughs> that, yeah. that was quite a response. You were listening to that. That was fantastic. I just don't know why people are like bad mouth in pickleball. Like yeah, it's fun. I I enjoy I teaching it. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's like a threat too. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a threat. It's past, past that, but I think it's yeah. always like that. You know, every until you start doing it and you buy into it. And for us, I mean, maybe if I was on the other side and I was in the business world, I might have thought of of that that way more easily. But because I teach and it's a it's something that'll help me. Why would I? You know, doesn't it's not smart for me to think that way. If that makes sense. But I understand yeah, sure. other people doing it. Hey, playing playing pickleball has helped my paddle too. Has it really? How, how so? How so? Yeah, That's interesting. Like the the hand stuff and the little dinking stuff when you hold the paddle like this, and then all of a sudden you, you know, flip one at them, and that like those things, and softly in front, like that stuff is way more comfortable because you do that all the time in pickleball. So it's definitely helped. Um, That's def- interesting. interesting. It's funny you see that more of a shot in the last couple of years, right, guys? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. like Jurani Bonds. Like we'll use Jurani as an example. Jurani yeah. uh, throws in a little pickleball stuff all the time when you play him. Yeah. I think it definitely all, all the record sports help each other, in my opinion. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Do you want to uh well, should we... yeah, let me let me jump uh switch a little bit of topic. What are your thoughts on PTI? <laughs> what about controversial topic? What's your t-shirt say? All right. <laughs> your PTI sucks, I see it, <laughs> Talking uh, to the guy who I'm guessing has the best PTI in the game. Well, well you, Stephen you works like, at the club for the guy that created PTI, so he's proper screwed. He can't really speak the truth. Yeah, but are we talking? Are you talking about P, when you talk about PTI? Are you talking about like the actual algorithm, or are you talking about the concept? Both. It's Both. open-ended question. Okay. Well, I think the concept's fantastic. I know nothing about the algorithm. I'm dumb as bricks, so I couldn't help you anywhere near that. So, but my point is, I think it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I don't know about the algorithm stuff. And I've told the mean this a thousand times, but I, I love the idea. And I love the whole, again, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I love that there's this system. It's the same with tennis, the UTR, universal tennis rating. I think it's great. Um, yeah. I don't know the ins and outs of yeah. that stuff, but I think the idea is fantastic. I yeah. love it. You need something. Uh, I'll tell you what, the one yeah. idea that I've heard talked about that makes so much sense to me is to kind of do something like golf where, and I'm not a golfer really, Anybody see me play golf would say I'm not a golfer, but uh, you, you know, you take your last 20 scores or something and count yeah. the 10 best of the last 20. I mean, do something like that with, uh, with PTI to create the PTI. Yeah. I think it, uh, I mean, again, like the whole, it, the, the algorithm is going to get tweaked, I think, and get better yeah. and better, hopefully. But I, that to me seems like a, a good one to do. I think uh, the same thing Stephen said, you know, I'm very supportive of PTI and I, and I probably, know only my own PTI because that's someone told me the other night what my PTI was so I don't actually know anybody's PTI I don't look them up and I run very few events but the first event I ran ages ago two or three years ago when uh, PTI nationals or whatever started we had an event and that was in the beginning of PTI and we had 16 teams or I think all but one match in the first round was not three sets um, and I mean you've heard that before but the concept is great I'm sure the algorithm is fine, you know, but there's always in golf, there's people that bitch and moan about the handicap. Right. I've played golf and I put one score in, my handicap stays low and I suck for a while and it doesn't change. So it's the same thing. There's always going to be something wrong with it, whether it's too fast, whether it's too slow. It's like ladies' teams. It doesn't have to be ladies' teams. It could be men's teams. It could be anything. There's always going to be complaining. But in the end, the, if you if you stop thinking about every freaking result and if you want a match, go look at your PTI. If it's lost one point, who cares? It happens over, you've got to think of three or four months. You don't look at your investments every goddamn day because it's not going to get you anywhere. It's going to stress you out. You, you invest it for weeks, months, whatever, you know, weeks more than that. But you invest it for long term to actually get. So I think that's the problem 
people have with it. And every time people speak to me about it, I'm like, just stop worrying about your freaking PTI. Just play. Go, if you play yeah. better, it's going to get better. Not go, science, go, go, go play and win. It'll take care of itself, right? Yeah, That's why I'm not looking at my my bit, my Bitcoin investment. I bought at $82. <laughs> I'm just rocking with the head of Bitcoin. Um, but, uh, out, but I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. Out of interest, what is your PTI? me the other night minus 20 maybe i don't think something like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably it's probably i lost monday in the league badly so it's probably going to come down you didn't run home and check it on tuesday morning it's like it's like social media as soon as i check it maybe yeah. steven tells me when people say bad things about me on social media but he tells me after we play them because he yeah. doesn't want me to get mad and do something nice. stupid and i'm like you mother, you know, you should have told me. It just fuels the fire for next like, time. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, I cool down too quick. I don't I don't stay mad for that long. Steven, <laughs> what's your... What are you in? What I remember you What uh, league are you in? Boston, the GBPTL? Or GB... The Boston Platform Tennis yeah. League. G... Tennisscores.com or something, or something like yeah. that. But what our league matches are on. There you go. Hey, and uh, as, uh, as Mike Franco likes to say, it's tennis cores, not tennis scores. <laughs> <What? Yeah. laughs> look at look at it. It's they're missing tennis an cores. They're, they're missing, missing an S. Missing an S. Well, that makes sense. Uh, because they yeah. don't want to put two S's. It makes sense. Two S's, yeah. yeah it's tennis go. cores. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you guys got Boston. Uh, Boston's coming up for nationals next year. Um, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. That uh, Johan, that's in your club, right? Yeah, that's uh, I would have been retired if it wasn't for Boston National. So, uh, <laughs> so I got to play one more year. No, I'm go. just kidding. But um, no, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, the guys here love it. The guy running it is a is a is just a great guy. He's a great personality, but he's also organized. Uh, but but they 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 got a big committee and a lot of people, a lot of people doing it. So I think I mean everybody's very excited. You know, it's in the beginning stages. It'll it'll warm up after the summer, I would imagine. You know, but obviously they've done a lot of work and they did it a couple of years ago when COVID happened. So, you know, I don't know what what much else there is to talk about, but it's going to be awesome for Boston because the Boston guys are really psyched about it. The crowds are normally good, and it's never been here. And the people are going to hopefully come out in in, in bunches, which is which is what we're we're hoping for. I, I still want the merch from the Boston 2021 Nationals. <laughs> and Amin was walking around with the you. sweatshirt. I got a hat and, for you. Oh, do you? I would love one of those. That's amazing. Is, is that like one of those deals where they, uh, you know, before the, the championship game of basketball or baseball or football, whatever, and they, they print two sets of, you know, league champions and they, they keep the one that actually wins and the other ones they send to like sub-Saharan Africa or something and, you know, give them the kids with no, sh no shirts or something. Yeah, you see something them floating like around. The, the, the two guys, the two guys we have running it are great guys, but they're very meticulous. So I don't know how many iterations of the logo they've done. And then wow. they're driving probably the people at the club nuts, but, uh, but, but they're very meticulous. So they, I don't know, the one guy wanted some specific glasses for the paddle pedal uh club champs and it, and and three of them broke i picked up the box because i don't normally go pick up the boxes that get delivered but i was you know i picked it up and i and i brought it to the shop and i said to nick my shop guy I said this one sounds a little bit sick but you know check when you get inside <laughs> so he looked inside and three of the glasses were broken so i sent him a picture i sent him a video and i said uh, i don't know he was he was telling me something about it's the first time i've heard this line but i was telling him something and he said i don't know if it's raining or if you're peeing on my back right now <laughs> and I said, I said, uh, I said, uh, I said uh, 
well, you know, this company used the glasses broke, you know, but, uh, you know, you don't want to listen to us. And I'm kind of peeing on your back right now. <laughs> and he, <laughs> I've never heard that. And he obviously, he was obviously, he's, he's got a good sense of humor. So uh, that's time. funny. Do as as the uh, as the director there? I mean, when when I think it's kind of interesting when when tournaments occur or things like that, or nationals obviously is a very big yeah. tournament. Do you have much involvement in that, or is that really mostly the committee and things like that? Uh, they're pretty good. I mean, they uh, I, I probably will have some involvement, but they're pretty much running most of it. I, I'm hoping by themselves, but they they don't want me to have too much involvement because otherwise, you know, it takes away from what they really pay me to do. So uh, so sure. I think. You know, I'm going to help as much as I can, and I want to help as much as I can. But uh, and my staff will probably help. But uh, it's good for their resumes, and we are sure it's good for mine too. But uh, I think uh, I think it's more of a it's more of a of a club and, and volunteer effort. So they so they do take a lot of pressure off me, or all the pressure off me. Yeah. Do you find it? Would you do? You, will you guys find it? There's more pressure on you playing at home, and as reigning champions. Like, is there more pressure or are you like, whatever, I don't care. I'm just playing in front of friends. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more the playing in front of friends and stuff. I mean, all the guys we, you know, we like kind of, we know all these guys through league and stuff. It's it's so much fun. Like I like the Boston Open every year because you just know right. the, the crowd support's going to be awesome. Um, you know, so it's just always a good vibe. It's always fun. Yeah. Will there be I matches agree. at the, will there be matches at the truck stop? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't anymore. exist anymore. Oh, <gasps> Yeah. I'm not coming. <laughs> Legend. I keep hearing about this truck stop. I was like, yeah. I want to go to this place. It doesn't exist. Not anymore. Yeah, the the uh, club's moved, but it's not. It's not. It's not the place, the legendary place it was yeah. before. It's a, it's a nicer place, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not yeah. the same. Doesn't have the character. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so guys, uh, just a quick question, right? There's a lot of um, there's a lot of club players listening to this event, right? This uh, this episode. What advice can you give to them? Like, what, what do you tell like club members? Like, what should they focus on? How, what should they do to kind of improve and kind of keep getting better? Uh, you know, week after week. Be- besides, have you thought of taking up golf instead? Steve, <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to go? You want me to go? go for it. Uh, I'll go for it. Um, I mean, again, it depends on the level of the player, and then it it's got to kind of start. They got to figure out what they're going to start adding to their game, right? So you can't just a lot of times guys get to a certain level and it's maybe playing, you know, they're playing good screens now. So they get everything back off the screens. But then I'm like, eventually I'm like, dude, all you're doing is you're just getting it off the screen. So the guys, now you got to start looking, can you be, you know, once in a while, just push one offensively off the screen. So that's like your next little shot. So you have to keep working on little things, wherever you are on your level, you got to figure out the next little thing that you can kind of add to your game to just give you a little more dimension. And then hopefully you improve. Um, And then the other thing that, you know, Johan was the best that with me is is patience believe it or not yes very patient with me um but you know it's you gotta you gotta like support your partner you sometimes i see people the way they interact i'm like that's not gonna work you can just see the it's just not gonna work right so you gotta work well together figure out what that is i think i think i didn't even think of partnerships i was thinking something else but partnerships probably probably the most important thing if you think about it because uh, that's the hardest thing for, for for club level people to deal with you know it's easy to blame your partner but if you start figuring out how to work with anybody you're easy to play with so you know we've beat that thing already but i think that's a huge deal i think the the other two things i would say is you've got to you've got to find uh, you know whichever level you are 
a pace that you can play it. And, you know, if you slow things down to a certain extent, you can see things differently. And you're in somewhat control of how you slow it down because of the screens and all those things. So I think most people try to play the flashy shots and play too fast, and then they really have no decision-making. I think if you play slower, you can make decisions and you can actually start doing what Stephen says by, you know, doing one shot or making the same shot, put it this way, making the same shot look like you can make two shots, but make it look like one, if that makes sense. I think to, to in all these slower games like squash, like paddle, like pickleball, where you can't just crush a ball for a winner, like more like tennis, it's very disguise and deception is probably more important than power and, and these things. So, and in order to do that, you have to slow down. You're not going to do it if you speed up because then everybody knows what's coming. And it's uh, that's probably the, 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 the hardest thing to learn, but you can learn it at any, at any level, I think. But you've got to you've got to slow down to get there, and then partnerships, I think, is is huge. Now, Steve Stephen touched on this. Do you do you find that guys get to a certain level, and then when they go to practice, it's all about I've got to win, and they yeah. they they don't practice anything. They just go to like a pickup game, and they're like, I I've got to beat I've got to beat Noah. Yeah. All right, yeah. you know, I got to beat Ara. They don't work on anything. They just try yeah. and win that practice match. Yeah. Definitely, and I think that's that's a that's a problem, right? Because that that stops the <laughs> growth of the player, hundred yeah. percent. And you see it a lot because then guys, I'm like, do like I told the guy today. Actually, it's like next time because they struggle with the guy's cross court return is really big. I was like, well, you know, that one guy stayed back once, and the other guy was like, what are you doing back here? Like he was freaked out by the fact that he was standing next to him while he was serving. I'm like, dude. And then so then he's like, okay, he understood that, that his partner's figured out a way to change the just change the look. And those are the kinds of things that I think you got to kind of watch and figure out because if you can do those in practice you can get better but if you're just worried about the results at the end it's not gonna be good amen i think i think it that is huge and i think uh, i think steven and uh, we started playing especially it's interesting we, we we actually did that a couple times and it doesn't mean we're special or we're perfect we're doing everything right but uh, the first year or two we we played lots of tournaments uh, we probably lost a couple of tournaments uh, i wouldn't say lost a couple of tournaments the guys beat us but we tried <laughs> different things because we didn't care so much about winning and you know i think that makes us better i mean if we're still trying to improve right i mean we're not going to just keep improving we're getting or i'm getting older he's still he's still in good shape but the point is uh, i think all those things you know help you evolve and, and make you last longer than just than just playing the same way over and over it's boring to you know doing the same thing over and over was was Montclair a good a good one for you then this year to get a loss early on and learn from it and then kind of run the table? Was that a yeah, was Montclair I, more of a learning tournament than we need to win this? Definitely yeah. tried things. Yeah. Don't put it, Steve. You, you, yeah, you, we you definitely, yeah, we definitely tried things. We're always trying to win too. That's not you know. Well, they, yeah, they got, we lost. The guys beat us. They were be- <laughs> they were better than us. But we're always going to try and add certain things and. You know, at times I think it's the right time to try it. Obviously, you know, you get to nationals, nobody's trying things at that point. You've hopefully figured out what you're going to do. Um, but definitely, and I still remember a couple of years ago, we played and a certain player's overheads to me on the on the ad side was just killing me. And I knew I was in shit. And the next time we played them in the tournament, um, the game plan was purposefully put me there every time. So then he hits it to me. Eventually, I'm going to have to figure it out. Otherwise, I've got some issues. Yeah. But you know, you got to get used to it and see it and then get better. So, but you got to get, get into it. 
So talking about um, trying new things, how come you guys never play mixed nationals or husband and wife nationals? <laughs> like you, we don't see you guys in any of these events. All yours, Johan. Um, that's why. Let's move that's on. Why, yeah, there you go. I don't. Uh, that's why I don't like to play league matches. <laughs> Got to run a lot. <laughs> Good answer. No, uh, no, I played, I've played, I've played nationals before, but I, uh, to, to tell you honestly, nationals, uh, mixed nationals doesn't mean to me, and, and this maybe sounds very arrogant, but doesn't mean, you know, I, I want to win nationals, uh, doubles. I don't want to win singles. That's why I never played singles because I felt like it didn't mean anything, you know, and I didn't have, uh, you know, I didn't want to run around more than I was running around. Mixed nationals didn't mean anything to me, uh, but maybe then um, that doesn't mean it shouldn't mean anything to anybody, but I didn't really put a lot of weight on it. I did play when I was at Western. I played with a lady there, but I played with her because she was a lady at our club that was good. And, you know, I thought it'd be a good thing to do to play with her and make her better. And, you know, it was fun for me at that point. But I think as soon as I got married and have kids, I'm like, you know, I can only play so much and and I've got to be selective on what I what I play and going to play with, with someone else. And it doesn't really mean anything to me. And I'm away from home. Didn't, didn't really add up. But uh, it's not about the running. It's not about... Uh, but woman or man thing, it's just, it's just, that's probably the truth. You know, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go take a league guy and go travel to Chicago to go play a match with him now when, when I retire and I never, uh, and I never play matches, I'll go play team nationals and these things for sure, because I'd love it, but that'll be a weekend away because I'll be home all the time. Right. Please don't play team nationals until I'm done playing. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got we'll a Boston a guy on my team this weekend. I got a Marshall Chapin's coming. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's my boy. Yeah. Good day. Day. Be fun. yeah. Uh, should we get these guys out of here and do a few yeah, I fire think, questions? I, I think so. Get, Noah, little, little, why don't you kick it off, guys. Noah? All Noah's right. My, favorite question, guys. Well, this will mean something to these guys. So uh, just to give them full credit on this, the guys that I came out to Owl's Nest with, uh, mainly Dave Williams, uh, he was wearing a neck pillow on the flight out there. Yeah. Needless we to know, say. I think we've seen that on Facebook, yeah. The, yes, needless to say. Yeah. He's never heard the end of it. So the question is, as grown men, do you, in fact, ever use a neck pillow when you travel? No. Right. I have not, but at this stage of my life, I don't care, but I have not. You're willing to learn? Good. All right. All right. So neck (laughs) pillow. That's for Dave right there. (laughs) All right. How how about uh, favorite holiday destination? So. I lost that one. No, what was that? Favorite holiday destination to go to? Um, well, actually, we just went to uh, Jamaica for the first time as a family, and that is pretty much top of my list right now, just because we were just there. So, yeah. There you go. You stayed at a uh, family-friendly resort in Jamaica, because there's a few uh, not family resorts there. <laughs> it was family-friendly, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, if, been- if you got... If you guys have got one minute, I'll tell you a very quick story. My, where my, I played a pro tournament back in 01. It was my first pro tournament, and it was in Jamaica. And we're a couple of days before the tournament, there's like four of us practicing, and there's a guy standing there watching us. We're all 21, 22. We finish practicing, and the guy comes to us. He goes, that was awesome. We're so happy to have a pro tournament here. Uh, I own a hotel, like four, four hotels down the beach. You guys should come. And we're like, okay, he gives us these passes as hedonism. So all of us at like 21, 22, we're like, oh, hedonism, let's go. Let's go see a bunch of naked chicks and we'll do all this. It's going to be amazing. 
So like four of us all walk down the beach. We go to hedonism. We walk in. Not the people that you want to see naked at hedonism. Uh-huh. <laughs> Never is. Okay. As a 21, 22-year-old, yeah, that that's that not who you pretty... want to see. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Noah was there? for life. Yeah, yeah scarred <laughs> for life. <There> is... <laughs> I, I had my two-piece on. Oh, <laughs> yes. uh, that yeah. is beautiful. You do not want to see some of these people. Never go to hedonism. It will scar <laughs> you for life. Yeah. All right. All right. How about uh, favorite band? Ooh. The wrong answer is the Grateful Dead. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about music, so I'm going to, because I don't listen to it. You know, I listen, but I'm, I have no clue who's playing. But I, I sometimes listen to old school stuff. Dire Straits, my wife thinks I like nice. it. I, I kind of like it. I love Dire Straits. So I'll probably say that's it. I go Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh, yeah, good choices. Like Both it. of you, good choices. A little Mark Knopfler, yeah. I like him. All right, how about uh, favorite TV show? From, well, from growing up, it's probably just friends, just for the memories of like watching with my my siblings, and just so I'll probably just go friends on that one. I have no idea. I can't remember. I don't really have much TV as a kid. Uh, maybe, Sounds maybe like Yo- Johan's a fun guy. He doesn't listen to I, music. I, I doesn't no music, no TV. <laughs> I ran. I did what you did, Ben. I ran on the woods and hunted and did stuff like that. I didn't really watch TV. We didn't have. We had a generator when I grew up on the farm. We didn't even have electricity, so I didn't watch much TV during come the day on. and at night time. Nighttime, my dad watched news and sports, so that was it. My <laughs> man, you got come, you got come turkey hunting with me and Innes. I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. That'll be no fun. Electricity, huh? There you All go. Right. Favorite swear word. Oh boy, come on. Come. Just go fuck. I mean, yeah, always solid been. one. Yeah, it's a solid one. Fish fuck in Afrikaans. Ooh. What? What about yarahot? <laughs> It's pretty bad too. It's pretty that was bad. Good, that was pretty dude. Bad. That was pretty good. That's pretty bad. I try, I try to learn my Afrikaans. Very good. It's not bad in America, but it's really bad in South Africa. Yeah. Most of those those good words are are not bad here, but they're bad in South Africa. How about favorite meal? You must eat. So that that one you have a you gotta on, eat. Johan. Yeah, Johan, oh, yeah. you gotta have a I, favorite I meal. Eat any, I eat any goddamn thing. The same thing. My wife cooks and I eat. I don't really, I don't really complain. Um, you know, <laughs> so, I, I like a good steak. I like a good. That's mine are, too. That's we are ribeye, t-bone, strip. What do we got? T-bone, t-bone is back in the day was my was was what we did in South Africa. My dad would always order t-bone. I didn't know what it was, but I'd order the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> t-bone is good. Yeah. So so wait, we grown growing up on the farm. What uh, what did you have? Did you have cows? Like, did you have steak from livestock, livestock farm? Yeah, yeah. So so a treat for us was with my dad. Uh, we obviously had steaks, uh, homemade, uh, you know, homegrown steaks. Yeah. So uh, so that was a that was a we always had uh, lamb chops was a big thing, but that was like run of the mill for us, you know. But we ate a lot of meat, but uh, but obviously we had a lot of healthy stuff too. We had a lot of vegetables in the garden and that kind of you know homegrown stuff. So. Uh, so a lot of anything you get off a farm, we pretty much we pretty much use. My dad would always always uh, lunchtime say, "This is out of the garden. This is out of the garden." You know that kind of thing. So it was it was good times. Not too much trouble you can get in, or real trouble. A lot of lot of stupid stuff, but not 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 jail trouble. <laughs> there you go. All right, hey, our our favorite question. Here we One go. player. Yeah, FYM. There it is. Who are we going? You can say even even said me. Ben, ben Ashford. Ashford. That's a solid pick. 
Mike Marino lit me up in the league finals a few weeks back. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Marino lit me up. I uh, I felt it swing by my ear. And uh, <laughs> was, there, was, there played... a little, was there a little something going on before that, or was it just a... no? It's 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 Marino. It's Marino's thing. Like the, you, you hope that he doesn't bring one out until the second or the third set. Cause if he brings one out in the first game or two, he's going to hit 700 more of them. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Johan, I, uh, thing, uh, a bunch of people that we've interviewed have mentioned you as I know. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, um, I think, uh, I think uh, I'm going to make this somewhat fun. Anybody that talks shit on me about me on Instagram. Nice. Oh, I like nice. it. Yes. Nice. Throwing down the glass. Yeah. I'm going to start my yeah. research tonight. Don't worry. I think, uh, I think, uh, I've been, uh, I'm just kidding. I think, I think, um, a bunch of years ago, I just, I think we just won, uh, ages. This is like 2010 or 2009, whatever that was. I played with Jerry Albrecht, but, but, uh, Gambino is, is such a nice guy. Oh, so we played, uh, we played, we, I think we won in the next, the first tournament was at, uh, Drew Brodinger as Nathan Lefebvre. He had some tournament in Jersey and went to play some money tournament. And we got smoked. I think Gambino and Drew Broderick beat us 0-0, I think. And um, it was maybe 6-0 or 0-1, whatever. So they they whipped us properly. The first round, first match, you know, of, of the new season after we won Nationals. And uh, and uh, we're playing on some backcourt, so hopefully not too many people saw. But 6-0, 5-1 or 5-0, whatever it was. Gambino, FYM, but I, you know, it's like it's like it's like a league match. They're beating us so bad, and he hit me in the neck, and I thought mm, that was a good <laughs> shot. But you fucking hit me at six oh five one. I'm gonna fuck you up for the next five years. <laughs> and uh, at some point in Chicago, I apologized to him because I hit so hit him so much that I felt bad. But then, obviously, I was never mad at Gambino. He was too nice of a guy. It was just He's like I'm sweetheart. like I'm gonna fucking get you. But uh, but but he he was after that. I spoke to him so much. He's such a He's such a nice guy, but uh, but I mean, we got along well. I never I never told him that, but it was, it was kind of funny. That who, I think of it. who who have you hit more, Gamby or uh, Peter Burka? Uh, in one in one match, Peter Burka, but overall, Gamby. <laughs> Gamby, <laughs> wait wait wait! You got you talking about hitting people. You got to give some color around the video of uh, of you hitting Brian Uline. Greatest I'm, shot I'm ever! Brian's, Greatest Brian's shot ever! Brian's a good ever. guy, and he could probably kill me if he wanted to, but. Uh, but Brian, uh, it was it was funny because um, because I remember you know obviously after the video I remember it's more clear. But um, he hit me. Yeah, I mean I've told you this probably Noah, so you just stoke in the fire. But um, uh, he he hit me, and and you know how Brian is. You know he walks with his watermelons under his arms, and he walks off, and he didn't apologize nothing. I'm like you motherfucker, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> and uh, and I just I just looked down and I looked up to see if he apologized. He didn't say anything. He walked to the other side, and I said uh, I said to Mark Parsons, "Don't worry about this one." And I whacked him, and I, and I started laughing. And he and he was obviously handled it great because he laughed and brushed it off. And then uh, then I saw him at nationals with Drew Eberly at breakfast. And then he made more fun of it in a good, you know, he, 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 you know, he made a joke on himself, you know, which is, which is, which is cool. And, uh, and he obviously, he can kill me if he wants to, but, uh, but he was a good guy. Listen, the best that, part of that one is Drew looking at the camera laughing. See, I only saw that on the camera. I didn't see right? that at the time, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of like the, uh, the Johan. Oh yeah. Sorry. I've got a guy at my club, uh, Jake Garmy. He writes our write-ups. He's hilarious. Uh, he's, he's just a funny guy. He plays all these tournaments. So every time 
He hits anybody. He does that and he looks at me on purpose. And he does it and he looks at them and says, I'm sorry, buddy, yeah, buddy, right. but everybody knows. And in the league matches, whatever, if they don't uh, know, that's his, that's his thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's uh, that's the Johan move. Yeah, good stuff. Good All right, what, one last question. Let's let's have one good one and, uh, can, and get him out of here. Can I, can I ask one before you ask your last question? Uh, this is the one I always love to ask. Like, So what about rule changes? If you could yeah. change one rule in the APTA, what would it be? Steve, you go. Um, I, don't I don't. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know. I think I, the one that I always think of, you hit a lob that bounces in and goes out. I think you should win that point. But that's just you know, that's a fan favorite. That's yeah. my yeah, favorite. Think, that uh, shouldn't. That doesn't. I don't know. That one doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. But whatever. I think the rule changes. Everybody wants to speed up the game, and I think all the rule changes are not speeding up the game. They're making the game slower. So, uh, so I think. Uh, I think the thing they should do is make the ball bounce less. Because if they make the ball bounce less or make the net lower, one of those two, it's going to change the game. But net lower will help, but ball bounce less or net lower is going to speed up the game. And it doesn't have to speed it up a lot, just a little bit. Because at this point, I think some of it really, really gets 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 very slow and, and hard to watch if you're not a real pedal fan. Yeah. We, we, we can cool. do that for you. If you want, <laughs> you know, I know, oh, I know it's pause. not rocket science. <laughs> so real quick, I know I'm not at the club level because I think it would slow the game down at the club yeah. level, but at like the pro level, high level, do you think if you gave the players two serves, it would speed up the game? I don't think it's going to make a difference. Uh, Just with the idea, if you get someone like uh, Martin Bostrom, right? Yeah. Martin on that do side is cracking a first serve. It's going right to slow the game down because then you just block the game. You can crack it all he wants. You block it. It's pointless. But yeah. that's what I mean. All the rule changes, like the lob, the ball coming back over the net, those rule changes are insignificant. They can change it to whatever they want. So it's not a big deal. They can make the ball go over the net. It's not going to speed up the game. They can make the first serve. It might slow down the game, the first serve. I'm not saying it won't speed it up, but it's going to be oh, so small that in my opinion, it's an yeah. insignificant rule, but I think the ball change or the net lower can change a game quickly and in a bigger, in a bigger, more aggressive way. But that's, that's my opinion. Good stuff. All right. Hey, you guys have uh, been great sports being on for two hours late at night on a, on a Thursday. So uh, we, we appreciate it immensely. Uh, <laughs> ours comments. I see. I see that. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, we first of all, congratulations! Amazing year. Uh, you know, great run through all the Grand Prix up through and including the Nationals. Amazing stuff as a as a fan. It was great to see, and uh, it was fun to watch. Uh, and again, tonight, thanks for being on. It's uh, you guys have obviously tremendous skill, but also tremendous knowledge that you can share about the game. So hopefully, people are able to pick pick up some good stuff and apply it to themselves as well. But thanks a lot, guys. It was really fun. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Hey, guys. thank you all, thank and you. and thanks to you, Noah, for being on it. You're doing a great job. So, and uh, thanks for the thanks, podcast. Buddy. It makes it fun. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good evening. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. night. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Inside the Wires. I'm Ben. That was Noah and Ara. And we had uh, Johan, the lion, on, and uh, Stephen Mitchell. Just just good dudes behind the scenes here. It's a Thursday night. And, you know, we had them on until about 11 o'clock. And they they would have stayed for another hour or two. So truly just good dudes. 
great players, but even better humans. So again, if you're listening to my stupid voice, you are a real fan. We appreciate you listening. Uh, if you are around the team nationals this weekend, come say hi to me and Noah. We have an inside the wires team nationals team. So we'll see how that does, uh, led by the future, Gerard Barnes. Let's see how we do. But uh, thank you for listening. We're out of here.